Hey, welcome to another episode of Open Mic. My name is Jared, and I'm here with Logan, Chloe, and Coco. And I'm so I excited. I thought you really forgot I did too. No, guys, I'm be y'all need to learn a little bit about dramatic pauses <laughs> for just a Thank moment. Thank you for having the dramatic pause my name. I actually appreciate it. When you give it a minute, <laughs> oh my gosh. people listen a little closer, okay? But what can happen sometimes <laughs> is that people drift off, and that's what a little bit of what we're talking about today. How do you stop the drift? Uh, guys, it's so easy to drift away from the good things of life, away from Christian community, away from what you know is good. Um, guys, the, the, the story that I have about drifting, not in, in a spiritual sense, but uh, took my family to the beach last summer, and we'd, we'd come with that, that wagon of all of the kids' <laughs> stuff. Um, Tyler was carrying all the kids. I was carrying the, like, the umbrella, the, the wagon full of stuff. We may as well should have just camped on the beach because <laughs> everything that we had was right there. So I'm you know, putting the umbrella in, get all that stuff figured out. And then I go and play with the kids in the water. And we're like, me and Thatch were like jumping into waves and we're fighting waves and, and just trying to ride a boogie board and all this stuff. And when we weren't careful, we looked back up and the, the, the umbrella, all of our stuff was like, 30, 50, 60, 100 feet away that we drifted down the beach. And I kept, Thatcher was like, who keeps moving our stuff? <laughs> oh my God. And I had to explain yeah. to him what a drift was. Do you guys have any good mm-hmm. beach stories? Yeah, I, talk about drifting? I like to get out on the, the beach uh, early when I go. Like, it's fun to go out there when no one's there. And, like, I like to run down the beach, maybe swim a little bit. But I'm, like, kind of scared of the beach for real. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, the ocean. So I was out, and I was swimming a little bit. Not a very good swimmer. So I start coming back in, and I'm, like, walking in from, from being out there to get where you can stand up. Y'all, I stepped on something oh. that was like a fish oh. stingray thing. I don't know what it was, but it, my foot just like slid across its <laughs> like slippery back, and then oh it darted gosh. out from underneath me, and I, I was done with the water. Did it hurt day. you? No, but it scared me a lot. <laughs> it didn't feel good. It was a weird texture on my foot. Oh, it's probably an old yeah. plastic bag. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, no, guys, I, I've lost my sunglasses twice in the ocean. <laughs> and one was in, I was in Thailand and I, I lost my glasses. Designer or knockoffs? Definitely knockoffs, <laughs> oh but uh, it was a sad thing. The The second time I lost my sunglasses was my sister and I, we decided to go out to the, you know, to the beach and my brother's like, oh, it's so much fun. The waves are a little cray. And uh, guys, I'm not kidding. I was getting like punched in the face by these by these waves. And I, I did not think I was going to make it. Oh, I was you're like, swimming wrong. I, I don't know what. <laughs> no, this was, it, was it was intense. a different day. It was intense. Both Tiff and I both were like, we don't, like we just got done. We like had to come back in and we were like, I don't think we're okay. Like we literally got punched in the face <laughs> by all these waves. I lost my sunglasses again. It was just a sad time, sad time. Corona Del Mar was where mm-hmm. that was. My only story, well, that scares me the most, like you, Logan, I'm really scared of the ocean, honestly. And one time I was scuba diving, uh, or not scuba diving, wait, oh. snorkeling, snorkeling. <laughs> not scuba diving. I wouldn't do that. Um, <laughs> snorkeling, and I was in St. Thomas, and so the water was, like, really clear. It was beautiful, and it was my first time ever doing it no like proper equipment necessarily just a little thing that you normally have and there was a shark under me oh, absolutely it not. wasn't it wasn't absolutely like a huge not. ginormous like you know that you see in a show but there it was like a medium-sized shark but like they're like no it's fine like they're not going to do anything but i'm like I'm hyper i am hyper like ventilating and i have to act like nothing is like wrong because if i 
you know, put my feet down. I'm thinking they're going to grab my feet. <laughs> Heaven forbid you have a nosebleed and that <laughs> exactly. thing freaks out on you. Exactly. So I don't know if I'll snorkel again, but. <laughs> wow, that is traumatic. Logan stepping on something is way, way easier than. You had to be there. You had to feel it yourself. A shark. Um, but guys, it is easy to drift. That's that's our topic today. It's easy to drift. Um, Logan, get us started with like, it's easy to drift. Is it a big deal when we drift? You know, if you're if you're doing spiritual disciplines, if you're in Christian community, you're going to church, you're you're serving. Um, what are we drifting to and from? Why is that a big deal? Yeah, our natural tendency is not to drift towards God. We are all sinful people. None of our natural tendencies, we are naturally drawn to God, right? We have an understanding that, like, um, we have this idea of, like, man, this, we have eternity etched into our hearts. Like, we do have a longing for our desi- and a desire for our Creator, but our natural tendency as sinners is not to daily just drift into obedience of God. And therein lies the problem and the danger with drifting. And I think what's so scary about drifting is oftentimes the person who's drifting doesn't see it, but everybody else can see it Mm -hmm. happening. Um, And that's sad. Like, I don't say that in an arrogant way, but like usually people in your life can see the drift happening for you, maybe before you're even registering what happened, which highlights the need for community. Coco, expand on that a little bit. For sure. I think um, there's things in our life where, uh, yeah, we just start to drift. And if we don't have anybody that we trust to point those out to us in a loving way, then man, we could just like continue on that drift and it just is, is it's a bad outcome. But I think community is so huge because when we are in Christian community, then we give each other permission to say, Hey, like if you see this in me, we point this out and that helps keep us on the right path and helps us, uh, to stay, um, committed to God's truth, committed to, uh, his church, all of those things. And so I think, yeah, I think it's very important. Yeah, I think like a kind of re- a real story, like a recent one for me was like, um, like in a discipline. So I wanted to wake up in the morning and go to the gym every week. Oh. <laughs> and so like me and Coco, like we've been doing it together and we were so committed to like one week being really great and really disciplined in the morning. And then honestly, like we have like drifted from that and like we'll do it in the evenings or something now, but we did like we wanted to have that discipline of doing it in the morning. And so like it, you're so right. Like community helps so much. Like we keep each other accountable or like, or we have other friends that are like, hey, did you go to the gym in the morning? Because they knew that was like important to us. So they'll be, they'll ask us. Mm-hmm. But we honestly really have drifted. But it's because of those friends that's helping us get back on track. Like yeah. I need them. We need them to call that out in us because we gave them that goal that we wanted to do. What's What's crazy about a drift is that it's like it's so slow mm. in that if you just looked at, you know, one step alone, it's not that big of a deal. Um, but one of the things that, that I think a drift happens in is baby steps. We kind of talked about that earlier, that it's not, it, you don't wake up one day and you're a different person. You don't wake up one day and you've removed yourself from a group of friends you know is good for you. You don't wake up one day, you haven't read your Bible in six months. Like, it, it is such small steps. What are some of the small steps that you guys see working with young adults or even in yourselves that, like, are one of those baby steps that, like, yeah, maybe you need a day, but... Don't let it be the beginning of the drift. Oh, I think the one of the most obvious, and we talk about, we have five things here at High Street we encourage every person to do as a member of our church. And the first one of those is attend a service. 
because Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, it tells us that we are encouraged when we gather together and we're not supposed to neglect it. But gathering together like does something. It is a tangible way we can engage in community. And so to me, that's like a baby step. Like, yeah, I just slept in this week. Or yeah, I maybe didn't go because I wanted to go do something else on this Tuesday night or, or whatever it may be. And it's like a baby step. Maybe I missed one week. Then, you know, maybe I come a couple weeks, maybe I missed two weeks in a row. The next thing you know, like I've just dropped off for the semester or for like an extended period of time. Like that is a very like for me as a ministry leader, right? For uh, and, and we look at our community. That is a typical step I see yeah. people take. Um, and it's it's just very obvious to see. But um, I think Satan just wants us to to give us in those little baby steps. For sure. I think another thing is um I mean, our spiritual disciplines, like, hey, I'm, I'm not going to wake up early and do this, or I'm not going to take time to read my Bible, to pray, whatever. And over time, you're going to look back and be like, whoa, it's been a month and I haven't read my Bible. And then, and you're wondering why you're feeling this, this certain way. Mm-hmm. And then the question is, okay, like, how has your time with God been? And so I would encourage anyone right now, if you're like, man, I'm feeling this drift and you need to like diagnose yourself one of the questions is, are you consistently coming to church? Are you committed to the local church body? Number two, like, what is your time with God? Like, are you spending time with him? And if not, I think it's so important to be like, okay, and we can't, guys, we can't do this on our own. Like, we literally can't. So, like, beg God to help you and then let a friend in and say, hey, like, would you help keep me accountable? Um, there's a girl that asked me to keep her accountable to going to church, and I'm like, okay, I I will do, I will do my best to text you on Saturday nights. But um, at the same time, I'm like, you have to make that choice uh, to be like, I am, I'm going to, with the help of God, not drift. So I'm going to, I'm going to show up. And and when you stop coming to community, something weird happens. You know, I'll give you this as an example. Okay. I used to go and I worked out before I had kids at a CrossFit gym and I had been there for like two years. I loved it when I was there, like great community, got to talk to all the people. But then like, as I had my daughter, naturally we became busier. So I started transitioning to working out at home. And I noticed like, it felt so hard for me to think about going back to like go work out at that gym again. And it's such a weird feeling, but like I almost kind of had like negative thoughts towards it and I couldn't even articulate why it was just like, I don't do that anymore. Like, and, and I think that, um, because we are broken people, that that happens to us when we remove ourselves from community. And so my challenge is to you is maybe you're listening to this and you have removed yourself from community a little bit. It's going to feel hard to dive back in, but you will not regret diving back in. And it's going to help you as, as, uh, as slowly as we drift away, God can bring us back in so quickly. Like there is so much hope in that. Like God can restore us so much faster than we can drift away. I truly believe that. Um, Yeah, I was just, honestly, recently I've been reading so much about just, like, the Israelites and stuff and how, like, they just have just drifted away and they were putting their focus on idols and so many other things. But, like, God's heart is that, like, his arms are always so wide open Mm -hmm. and just, like, time after time. I was, like, just so in awe of God that he had so much, like, mercy on these people because they were so, like, far away from him at times. Um, But he just had so much mercy on them and his arms are always wide open. And so I think in the midst of us drifting away, like God's arms are wide open for us to come back to him. And that's just so comforting. I think about the Israelites cause I'm, I'm reading through some of the old Testament and you read it and you're like, Moses goes up on the mountain and the people get restless and they throw all of their gold together, which is sacrificial. They sacrifice something so they could worship something. 
and they had Aaron make a golden calf. Mm-hmm. And first of all, they lied about it and told when Moses came back down, they said, we don't know. We just, it just happened, which is pretty foolish. And you just like read the Old Testament and you're like, how could they be so dumb? Mm-hmm. Like God is providing for them in such cool, tangible ways. They have miracles. They have like manna coming down from heaven. They have quail that God's providing. He's leading them with a, a cloud by day and a fire by night. And then Moses is making water come from a rock, parted the red. Like, how could you be so dumb that you forget who God is because Moses walked up on a mountain and then you're like, oh, we got to have something to worship. But then I'm like, I hear from people or I think in myself, I don't want to go because I'm tired. And if you were to write that in a book and someone else were to read it, they're like, that's ridiculous. That's worse than a golden calf. That's so silly. That's so dumb. Uh, the other thing, Logan, when I was, I was thinking when you were talking, when we have the five things, and something I think is so anti-flesh and so anti-cultural is uh, serving. Because even the idea of serving something, it's like, that's a, that's a job here. That's, a, that's a, a, something that you do for money if you serve people, whether you're a server or that's something that you do in the customer service industry. You serve people because you can get something else out of it. But we know that the joy of the, ser- of the, joy of the Christian life is found in serving God. And I think we all know, and like if you polled our team, the people that serve God for the, for the right reason, the people that serve God, they're not doing it because they get something else out of it. They do it because it's awesome. They do it because it's such a tangible way to engage with spiritual discipline of serving that it's like you would never go back and change it. You would never change it. But when you get out of it and you think about how sacrificial it has to be for you to wake up a little early, you get to service mm-hmm. earlier. You serve your roommates. You serve the people at your job. You're like, man, that is so much more than the, the minimum that I have to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. I don't want to go serve people. So the drift starts easily because that doesn't sound good to our fleshly ears of serving people. Mm -hmm. I think that's why I love some of our verbiage here at Young Adults is we get to. Mm -hmm. And so when we change our perspective from, oh, I have to go do this to, oh, actually, like we get to do this, it totally changes the game. And so I I get really encouraged by that. But something I was thinking about as we were talking about the Israelites and stuff like that, um, I think some people who are drifting might feel like God is mad at them. And I'm, I'm here to tell people that, like, if you feel like you're drifting and uh, you feel like, man, I can't come back because I think God is mad at me, like, that is not his character. God is actually always, hey, my arms are open wide. And, yes, you've drifted, but I am still here. I still love you, and I still want you to come to me. Um, I think about how the Bible says we can have self-discipline. Like, God can help us with self-discipline to be able to not um, drift because it takes self-discipline to not drift. And again, we don't just like naturally drift towards godliness, towards community, towards uh, good things. Like we, we need to work at that as well. So I think like asking God for self-discipline in this idea of drifting and not drifting um, could be a huge game changer. So what do we hang on to when you feel the drift happening? Like what's the anchor? What's, what do you start to do when you start to see that happening? Can I give you an example? Last, uh, last week, um, I kind of go through these ebbs and flows of like, you, you kind of have spiritual battles, you know, everybody goes through them and I could kind of feel myself fading. And I was just like, not, I can tell when I'm not, you know, get Galatians five sixteen says, walk by the uh, spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Last week I was at a point, I was like, man, I feel like I am gratifying the desires of my flesh. I'm angry. I'm kind of grumpy. I'm worried. I'm anxious. I feel kind of lonely. And what I had to do was like that night I felt that way. The next morning when I woke up, uh, I got in the word and it was just like this wave of, 
um, you know, just closeness with God uh, came over me, and I felt refreshed, and I felt restored. And I didn't necessarily, I was tired when I woke up. I was kind of feeling a little heavy, but like that just restored my soul, was getting into the truth of God's Word. That, that was a huge thing for me. Yeah, and I think the more that you are disciplined in that and getting in God's Word, the more you're going to desire it. And so it's going to be, might be harder to drift away because you wake up in the morning and you just desire it and hunger for it so much that you can't imagine a day without it. And so I think it just takes that discipline continually of just getting in God's Word um, because the more you're in it, the more you're going to desire it every single day. And, and I think it's good that we, we talk about, like, how do we personally stop the drift? But like we said at the beginning, it's easy to start to see that in somebody else. And this is why discipleship is so important. This is why um, relationships are so important that you can speak into people. But I would just challenge you, like if you see somebody drifting as a believer, if you see someone else who's a member of the body of Christ drifting, I would challenge you to have the courage. You might be that life preserver that God is using you, throwing you out to help you bring somebody back in. You might be the only person that ever in love, this is important, you're, you're not just doing it and like calling them out and just leaving them be, but in love, you're saying, hey, I'm seeing these things. And because I care about you, I care about you enough to give you this feedback. I care about you enough to tell you that. And whenever I've had times in my life where I've felt like I've had the courage to tell someone that, uh, and to, to like bring that to them, they are so appreciative of it. And so I, I just want to challenge people out there, like take courage. You, you might be the person that God uses to bring somebody back. Yeah, I would say, uh, because with my personality, I feel like I can like put on a little bit of a front for people so it doesn't look like I'm drifting, but underneath the surface I am a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so like what Logan said is really true. Like there have been times that Logan has said, man, you, you're doing okay. Like it seems I saw a little little warning sign and the first thing that I always have to do is acknowledge the drift has happened. Because mm-hmm. if I don't acknowledge it, I'm not accurate. I'm not real with what is going on in my life. And, like, I can't, can't get out of it if I don't acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And um, if you acknowledge it personally, sometimes it happens with, like, someone I work with, Logan, Coca, someone that's like, hey, I, I see this in you. Sometimes it's my wife. Sometimes it's people in a group. Um, and sometimes it's like you realize it personally, mm-hmm. that I've put on the front. Nobody can see it. And I've gone, okay, I can see where my motivations are coming from. I can see that I'm doing things for the flesh, and that's, that's my motivation right now, and that can't, can't stay. So you have to acknowledge it. And then I think it helps to tell people. Mm-hmm. Oh, you shared that story of going to work out with other people. And p- other people were asking you, hey, did you go, yeah. did you go this morning? Like, mm-hmm. why was that effective? Because other people knew about it, and, and it helped you stay accountable to other people. Where, like, sometimes I'll set a goal for myself, and I'll go, I don't really want to tell anybody <laughs> about this, because when I fail, I don't want anybody to know. Yeah. But, like, if I'm serious about it, I'll tell somebody. Even if it's just one person, hey, man, I'm going to try to do this, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Okay, great. I want to help you with it. But if we don't acknowledge it, first, first of all, we, we can't have any, any hope, any success, any how to move on. So um, how do you help somebody in the right way? Coco, you mentioned a girl asked you, um, hey, I need help going to church. Like, where's the line of, like, how much do we help? How much do we say, hey, this is on you? You need some people around you. You need a mentor. You need people your age. Is it a combination of all of those things? What would you guys say? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of those things. I asked that person, okay, how can I help you with this? Because uh, people have different ideas for that. Some people, it's like, oh, just like when you see me, like say something. Or if you don't see me, text me, whatever. Um, but we can't, my opinion is I can't be the answer for everyone's self-discipline, right? So I don't want to put that on me. I think accountability is so good, but I think you do that in community. And so um, 
man, like, you know, I think just encouraging that person and saying like, hey, like, you know, you can do these things, but it will take a choice too. And putting it back on them as well, like the choice is yours, but, you know, I will encourage and I will, you know, text you if, if I can, whatever. But like, I think the combination of get in community and you just have to be committed to it. Um, and you have to make that choice and it does take, it does take effort. Um, but again, God can give us that self-discipline to be able to do those things. I totally believe that. I think that there's a piece to like, you need people your age around you that are going through the same things. And then you need some people that aren't in the same stage of life. Because if you're dealing with like, man, I'm, I've, I've got a girl that I'm dating and I want to ask her to marry. Well, all your friends are probably in the same boat where they don't, they don't know any different. So the wisdom that they can give is the same wisdom that you would have to give. So you need somebody, and I love what we have at High Street where we are a church that is old. I mean, we were, I think it's 1936, mm-hmm. and we have some people um, that I'm grateful that we're a, a multi-generational church. And I'm grateful for the times that I've been able to go to coffee or even just for a short season with someone where it's like, I've been newly married or uh, first kid or going through a transition and I've got someone that could, that has been through those things and can say, yeah, the drift starts to happen there and this is how I got out of it. So I, for me, it took too long, but for you, it doesn't have to look that way and we can learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, I think that's so important and I have seen that in my life. Like I recently got married and so just the biggest joy to me has been like older women who have just recently got married themselves and like they've been able to just like you were saying Jared like hey this is something I did in my life or I drifted during during this season and like you don't have to so that's been just a huge blessing to me to have like older women in our church like pour into me um and then also girls who are single or maybe aren't in the season of marriage like have been able to help me so much and so I think you're right that that is like so important to have that with them Yeah, guys, well, thanks so much for joining us as we talk about how to stop the drift. We hope you check us out next time. Have a great day.